It's game day for Carolina basketball. It's a new year and you're wondering what to watch for. Well, good news. I've got you covered. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, October 28th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit double up to $100. Well, folks, first off, as you can tell, my voice has gotten progressively worse as the week has gone on, but we are going to work through and make it happen. Thanks for hanging out and bearing with me. What I want to do for those of you who are new to the show and weren't part of last basketball season with us, here's what we do. In a, as a way to honor Coach Dean Smith, anytime we have a basketball preview or review, we do a four corners preview and or a four corners recap. So what I want to do today right now in the first segment is a, a four corners preview, just about big picture things to watch out for in an exhibition setting. And then we want to look at four corners specific things to be on the lookout for in terms of players and the game. And then one of final uh, finish off today by getting you ready for the Carolina pit game on Saturday for homecoming. So <clears throat> tonight, Friday night in the Smith center, Carolina's exhibition game, one exhibition game versus Johnson C. Smith. It's at 7.30. For those of you that can't make it, it'll be on ACC Network Extra. The reason Carolina plays one exhibition game is the NCAA allows either two exhibition games or one exhibition and one closed or so-called secret scrimmage, which Carolina played last Saturday against Rutgers. And so I want to give you four things to be on the watch out for, again, in a big overall general sort of way as you tune in to this game tonight. Number one, and this is hands down the biggest thing that you want coming out of this game, zero injuries. Coach Davis and the coaching staff want to do everything they can to help um, get everyone some minutes and do things like that. But ultimately, you just want to walk out of the gym with no one hurt. I mean, it's just part of a season where you're going to get dings and cuts and bruises, but as much as is possible, that is number one chief, the main goal of this exhibition game. Number two, it's just so good to be able to have game experience, number one, in front of a live crowd, number two, in particular for the newcomers, both in terms of the incoming freshmen and for Pete Nance. And so remember, you've got four freshmen this year, um, Will Shaver, who came in in January, but this is his first season actually getting to play. And then the other three freshmen, Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, and Tyler Nickel, and then the transfer in Pete Nance. Obviously, Pete Nance has already played four years of college, but it's at Northwestern, which all due respect is a completely different environment than the Dean Dome. 
And so um, a couple things you, you might be thinking, well, Isaac, they've already got game experience. Um, they, they played uh, a blue white scrimmage a month or two ago. They had live action when they scrimmaged, they played Rutgers in the secret scrimmage. Yes, absolutely. They had that, but those were no, no crowds. I mean, there were, there were crowds there for the secrets or sorry for the um, live action and for the the blue white scrimmage, but not in the secret scrimmage. So they they've had crowds, but not against another opponent. And also, um, they haven't done it in the Smith Center against another opponent. And so that's the thing: is you get um, experience in front of fans against a different team in this setting. And so that's the first time for real game experience against a different team in front of fans. And that's why this is a, a night like this and an opportunity like this is so important um, to work out a lot of those kinks and see what you get. And again, all due respect to Johnson C. Smith, but um, just Carolina is an infinitely more experienced and talented team. Number three, the thing I'm watching for in a big picture short away is that you want you don't want to just come out and hem haw around and have a good time. I mean, you do want to have a good time. And this this team has shown themselves to be loose, at least last year they did that a lot. But what you want to do is you want to come out and compete and you want the returning starters, those those four guys coming back that were starters last year to set the tone. You want RJ and Caleb to come out and ball hawk. You want Armando to just be absolutely a terror inside. You want Leaky to come out and shut down whomever his uh, defensive assignment is. Um, those are the guys that are going to set the tone and you want to come out and compete. So I'm watching to see, are these guys ready to go and locked in? Because that's what it's going to take night in and night out this season for them to achieve what they want. And that starts much earlier than this, but it starts tonight in this exhibition game. And then the fourth thing I'm watching for is um, just an encouragement and a reminder to, to everyone out there. This is similar to live action. It's similar to the blue, blue white scrimmage, and it's similar to the secret scrimmage. There are things that you can learn from this environment, but um, take what you see with a grain of salt. And I mean that in terms of both the good that you see and the bad that you see. Um, <clears throat> we, we will learn some things again, but don't extrapolate out what happens as an indicator of future success or failure in the season ahead. Remember, this is an environment where you're going to try things. You're going to get different people, different minutes, et cetera, et cetera. So let's say Tyler Nickel comes out and drops 20 in this exhibition game. That might happen on occasion during the regular season, just because he's an electric scorer, but he doesn't project to get the amount of minutes necessary on a consistent basis to get 20 points a game. Um, and, and so just keep those things in mind. So if Tyler Nichols scores 20, great. That's awesome. Be elated about it, but just keep in mind that it might not be representative of what will happen truly during the season. Keep all of those things in mind. Now, as I said, I want to make some other observations more specific to the gameplay, the players themselves, and what I'm looking for there so that you can know what to be on the lookout for as you watch. And we're going to do that in just a second. What are those things? I'll let you know right after we talk about Underdog, which this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you watch your favorite team. In fact, I've created my own account with Underdog 
And while Carolina uh, has a game against Pitt this weekend and the over-unders aren't up for that yet on underdog, I'm going to be looking out for those because I want to make sure to catch some good over-under action on the Carolina game. You can go to underdog to make your picks just like me. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just the Tar Heels, in any sport, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than the stat given. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. So sign up with promo code Locked On, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code locked on, all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, so that was some big picture general things to be on the lookout for in tonight's exhibition game. Now I want to give you my four corners Coach Smith preview of what to be on the lookout for specific to the players. And so the number one thing that I'm looking out for with this is that we have a lot more of a known quantity coming in this year than we did last year. We weren't sure what we would get with Hubert Davis. We weren't sure what the starting lineups would be, anything like that. But now we have a lot better ideas about that. But in terms of the starting lineup, there is one unknown because we know what we're getting with the four returning starters in RJ Davis, Caleb Love, Leaky Black, and Armando Baycott. And we know what they looked like, the four of them plus Brady Manick. We know what that unit did, how they functioned together, the ways they played off and complemented each other. And we've begun to get an idea about that with the four returners and Pete Nance, who uh, should be in the starting lineup all season long. But what are the subtle differences to this starting lineup with Pete Nance versus Brady Manick? For example, how do Baycott and Nance operate in the post together? Will it feel more like two traditional bigs, like you might have seen with Tyler Hansborough and Deion Thompson, or like you might have seen with Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks, etc.? Or will it be more similar to what we had seen last year, where Baycott is the lone main traditional big, and Nance can float into the lane at times, but we will more see him uh, as a stretch four, similar to what Manic did. Now, to listen to Nance talk about it in the lead up to the season, one of the things that he said quite often is, listen, number one, I'm here to do whatever this team needs me to do. And so in terms of this question, that means if that if that means at times him being more in the post, that's where he'll be. If there's times when that means floating more along the perimeter in the mid range, that's where he'll be. But I would imagine because as an NBA player, he projects more as a stretch four than a true pure center. And he's talked about that. Pete Nance himself has said that's that's how I project out to the next level. And so I would imagine we will see him doing more of that floating. Um, but um, be aware, again, he's not as strong a three-point shooter as Brady Manick was. Um, he is a good and solid three-point shooter, and I think we're going to be very pleased with the product that you see from Pete Nance shooting the basketball. But where he might outshine Brady is that he is a better passer. He is a better facilitator, etc. cetera. Um, will probably be a better rebounder things of that nature, uh, a, a more capable defender. And you're going to see different types of dribble handoffs than you did with Brady Manning because of some of that facilitating capability. And so um, that's the number one thing I'm watching for is what are the 
what we see with the new starting lineup versus the starting lineup with Brady last year. All right, the second thing I'm watching out for in this, again, we're going to have to see this play out throughout the season. But again, this is another thing that starts in tonight's exhibition game is one of the big things we uh, have been hopeful for and, and has been talked about a lot at a national level is consistency from Caleb Love. And that's going to take shape in a couple of different ways. Number one is decision-making with shot selection, uh, decision-making with when to pull, when to push, decision-making with when to get downhill and when to pull out, decision-making with when to get teammates involved, um, overall efficiency. I had tweeted this out earlier in the week, but of every Carolina player in history who has made at least 100 field goals, Caleb Love currently has the lowest career field goal percentage of anyone on that list. And I, I would not have guessed that. I mean, I knew he wasn't high in career field goal percentage, but um, that was a little eye-popping to me. And so that said, he made a massive leap last year from 31% his freshman year to about 36 37% last year. And so I'm looking for Caleb to take another big leap in terms of um, all of that, just as he continues to mature. Now, the good news is, while RJ Davis is going to make poor decisions himself sometimes, he has shown to be a little more steady and consistent. But the second thing I'm watching out for is what will Caleb Love's decision-making and efficiency be? Number three, uh, we know how how much coach Davis relied on his starting five, the iron five last season, literally played the entire 20 minutes of the regular season finale at Duke likely would have played the entire 20 minutes. Those five in the final four game against Duke had Armando Baycott not tweaked his ankle and then ultimately fouled out. In fact, Puff Johnson was the only person to play and it was only when Armando came out injured and when he fouled out in the second half of that game, that is. And so Coach Davis has said a lot this offseason that he has to, he needs to get the bench more involved. He believes in them more as, as things players have grown and matured over a year and as they've learned systems and things like that. And so all intents and uh, everything points to him holding up that end of the bargain. But all we have to go on at this point is the small sample size of last year where there was not much bench depth utilized. Now, is he going to be Coach Williams in terms of his bench utilization? Probably not. And I think most of the Tar Heel fan base would be grateful for that because there was a lot of um, just like, what is Coach Williams doing from, from a lot of people? Now, specifically in terms of tonight's game, the bench rotation will look different. There's going to be different players getting different minutes than they would in a regular season game when things tip off uh, that next uh, about 10 days later on November 7th against UNC Wilmington. But uh, I think we can begin to learn some instructive practices by who is the first person off of the bench. So what, what is that order? Is it Puff Johnson? Is it Dontrez? Um, is it Seth Trimble coming in to spell one of the guards? Um, I think some of that is going to to vary game to game based on how game script game script is going, based on foul trouble, etc. But uh, my guess is that Puff Johnson will be the first person off the bench. We'll have to wait and see that. Um, but what what I think we can't take to the bank based on tonight's results is like number of minutes played. I don't expect the starters to get as many as they normally would in a regular season game. I expect there to be um, some level of load management as well as um, some level of like, let's see what we got with the freshmen. Again, 
in an environment where it's against another team in front of fans for the first time. Um, and so that is something to be watching for. Number three, what is the bench rotation? What is that order coming off the bench? Uh, keep an eye on that. And then the fourth thing I'm watching for specifically is who I think is an, a big X factor for this team. And it's somebody I just talked about is Puff Johnson. And here's why. I want us all to remember that Puff Johnson has not played even remotely close to a full season in either his freshman or sophomore years. So this is his first potentially fully healthy season, right? Knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy the whole season. But last year, Puff missed the first 15 games of the regular season. His first game back was against Georgia Tech on January 15th. So he missed a lot, almost half of the entire season, uh, essentially half of the regular season. His freshman year, he missed the final 11 games of the regular season and the entire postseason. So just about the same amount of games his freshman year. So at this point, Puff Johnson has basically played one whole season, right? The second half of last year and the first half of his freshman year. And so knowing how much Coach Davis trusts Puff, knowing all the versatility and intangibles that he brings to the table, um, I, I'm really curious to see what a hopefully more healthy Puff Johnson can do in a full season. Does he start shooting better? I, I've said it often. I don't think he's ever going to be Cam, his older brother that now plays for the Suns in terms of shooting, but he's a capable shooter uh, out, out to range. Remember, he's coming off a strong, strong performance in the national championship game. He has good rebounding capability, um, good defensive capability like Leakey does. And so excited to see those two guys paired together from time to time, locking things down together. Um, but that is another thing to keep good eyes out watching for tonight in this game is how does Puff Johnson uh, factor in to the mix and what will that look like throughout the season? There's obviously much more to talk about the Carolina basketball team this year, and I cannot wait to get into you with it. And uh, we're looking at having a postcast tonight after the game, just about 10, 12 minutes unpacking the things that happened would be a lot of fun to do. But also don't forget, even though basketball season is kicking off now, football is still going on. And Carolina's football team is in a great position to win the ACC Coastal and go to the ACC Championship game. But they got a big hurdle they got to get over this weekend. What is it? I'll tell you about it right after we talk about Locked On Sports today, which I want to encourage you to make your second listen of the day. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. Available on any audio app where you listen to podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else that you might listen or watch to podcasts. It is a huge football game for Carolina this Saturday in Keenan Stadium, 8 o'clock. It's homecoming. For those of you that can't be in attendance, the game will also be on ACC Network. Man, this ACC Coastal Division is a crazy race. Now it's at the point where Carolina is the not only the lone undefeated team in the Coastal Division, but it has at least a two-game lead over every other team in the Coastal. In the other half of the ACC, Clemson, after knocking off Syracuse last weekend, is the only undefeated the only team undefeated in conference on the other side. Now, how did all this happen? Well, Carolina had just a one-game lead in the loss column over several teams, but thanks to some wacky shenanigans last weekend's in last weekend's games, Carolina now holds a two-game lead. Uh, Virginia beat Georgia Tech, 
Duke beat Miami and Louisville beat Pitt. And so now the Tar Heels uh, have zero in the conference loss column, while every other team has at least two. Those three, Georgia Tech, Miami, and Pitt all have two, and so uh, as well as Duke. So um, Carolina is sitting pretty. They're at the point where they essentially control, I mean, they not essentially, they do control their own destiny to make it to the ACC championship game, but they just got to keep winning games, right? Like there's five regular season games left to go. Uh, this game tomorrow versus Pitt and then at Virginia, at Wake Forest versus Georgia Tech and versus NC State. Um, now, you might not need four and one, but four and one guarantees that you win the ACC Coastal. And so when you look at this, I mean, there are certainly losable games, but there are many winnable games on this schedule, this remaining schedule as well. And so Carolina has to go out and take care of business. And it starts tomorrow in Keenan against Pitt, who, again, is coming off that loss to Louisville. And it is kind of a weird game. Keaton Slovis um, has been struggling for Pitt, as we talked about on yesterday's show with Locked On Pitt's host, Nick Fairbaugh. Um, and, and Louisville really roughed up Slovis last weekend, if you saw that game. Now, Pitt has a dynamic dynamic running back who you need to be on the lookout for and that will be how they will try to control the game is with their guy Izzy uh, we affectionately refer to him as that's how they're going to go about trying to keep Drake May off the field so we'll watch out for that now for those of you who have kept tabs on this series between North Carolina and Pitt you know how crazy it has been in terms of close matchups each of the previous 10 games have been decided by seven or fewer points. That's right. One score, one possession games in each of the last 10 meetings. The last time there was a game that had a, a wider margin than a one score game was in 1998. Yeah, you got to go way back. Now, Carolina had won six in a row, but Pitt has won the last two now, including last year's crazy game up in Pitt that went to overtime. Uh, Pitt scores, and then the 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 heavens dump uh, rain all over Sam Howell and the Tar Heels, and they're not able to convert, and Pitt escapes with the victory. It's that type of game that Carolina didn't win last year that they're winning consistently this year. So here's the, the good news is that Carolina is in a good spot to continue winning, but the bad news is, is it seems like it's going to be another heart attack type week based on the recent history with uh, playing the Panthers. And so buckle up for that. Obviously, we're going to be on the lookout for can Drake May and the offense continue to churn away at the level they have. There's no reason to think not. They do have some stellar defensive players, Pitt does, but Drake May has shown an ability to rise to the occasion. The big question is, what has the defense been able to do in the off week? Are there things they've put together, uh, new plans, new communication things, um, the, the team as a whole, both offense and defense? You're able, hopefully, with that week off to heal up some nicks and cuts and bruises. If you listen to the Tony Grimes interview earlier this week, he said Mac Brown knew what he was doing, getting us this second off week with playing in week zero is what affords that opportunity. So very excited to see um, what comes now. Remember, the last off week was leading into the Notre Dame game, the lone loss of the year. And so it's like, let's not have that again. 
Additionally, Carolina hasn't always performed well under the lights under Mac Brown. And so you want to see some steps in the right direction there. And, and you really hope and believe that Carolina can do that. And they're going to have to if they want to be the team that they want to be, right, to live up to all their hopes and expectations. But that's got to carry on as they take on Pitt tomorrow night in Keenan Stadium at 8 o'clock. On Bet Online, Carolina is favored by three in this game. And I, I said on the crossover yesterday with Nick Fairbaugh that I'm going to call it a push. Carolina wins by three. Um, I think I was a little high on the score yesterday. I said 45-42. I want to bring that down into the 30s. I think that's kind of more the level game we'll see. Because I do see both defenses getting some spot, some stops here and there. So I'll be on the lookout for that. The over-under is 65. I still think it's going to be the over on the game in total. But I, I am going to come down on... Uh, what that total is a little bit. But I believe Carolina does get out of here with another victory. I'm sorry, another close one. And uh, Drake May has another 300-yard game. That is what I am looking at in this one. And Carolina continues to exert their control and I guess we'll call it dominance over the ACC Coastal this year. It's a mess, but Carolina's at the top of the mess. And that's all you can ask for is to keep winning football games. Well, friends, that is it for today's episode, and that is it for this week on Locked on Tar Heels. Obviously, coming up next week will be a full recap of the pit game, a recap of the exhibition game for Carolina basketball tonight. Looking forward to those things. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. If you want to connect with me in a deeper way, you can send an email to the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already. Smash the like button, leave comments, ring the bell so you get notifications anytime a new episode drops for those of you watching on YouTube. Also, I want to remind you, thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen, but now you can check out Locked on Sports today as your second listen. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Folks, I have, hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the exhibition game tonight. Enjoy the, uh, uh, the football game on Saturday. I hope it's a great weekend. But you know that it is always a great day to be a target. Until next week, peace. <laughs>